This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. They say there's a lot of fish in the sea, but there's also an awful lot of fish in the streams and rivers of Appalachia. A new book showcases some of the lesser-known varieties. A horny head is a name for a group of minnows. The males develop these little pointed horns on their head, and they they compete for females during the spawning season. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. Support for West Virginia Morning is proudly provided by Luke Frazier. The National Guard is seeing a large return on investment in its West Virginia operations. Caroline McGregor reports. Lieutenant Scott Applegate, Deputy Staff Judge Advocate with the West Virginia National Guard, updated the Select Committee on Veterans Affairs on the local effect the Guard offers. The Guard's state budget stands at nearly $21 million. Applegate said for every state dollar invested, there's a return of 16 to $20 in federal funds. That equals a direct economic impact of $370 million with an indirect impact of $500 million. It includes everything from construction to pay costs. So some of our projects since about 1995, we've completed about $463 million worth of constructions, upgrades and facilities to our armories. And we continue to modernize these facilities. Applegate pointed out that the state's 20-to-1 investment is very small for such a large economic impact. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Caroline McGregor. Lawmakers heard a preview Tuesday of draft legislation to protect a consumer's personal data. Randy Yowie has more. West Virginia's Consumer Data Protection Act would establish limitations on businesses or entities who buy and sell data information. House of Delegates Counsel Brian Casto told members of the Interim Joint Standing Committee on their Judiciary the bill targets larger, private sector, for-profit, multi-state or international corporations. The bill puts limitations on collecting personal data, requires strict security measures, and allows consumers to access, correct, delete, and obtain a copy of their personal data. Castro said the bill also gives consumers the right to opt out of targeted advertising. The sale of data for revenue purposes is a major revenue stream for many of these businesses. The state attorney general would enforce the proposed law. West Virginia would be the 14th state to enact data protection legislation. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. Two West Virginia student leaders will be traveling to the nation's capital this March to study the American political processes. Chris Schultz has more. Each year, two high school juniors or seniors are selected from each state for the week-long Senate Youth Program in Washington, D.C. Bryson Riggleman is a senior from Petersburg High School and one of the state's delegates. He says he's excited to represent the state and learn how the government works. It's one thing to read something in the textbook, and it's another thing to apply it outside the textbook and into real life. I want to see what it looks like in real time, in real action. Peyton Barker from Greenbrier East High School was also named as a West Virginia delegate to the program. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. The West Virginia Department of Transportation reports a big number of projects under contract for the year. Curtis Tate has more. As the year comes to a close, Transportation Secretary Jimmy Riston told lawmakers his department has a billion dollars of projects under contract. That's unheard of in in highways. 
unheard of. Still, Riston told the Joint Oversight Commission on Transportation Tuesday the number could be even bigger if lawmakers reverse a change they made in 2016. Prior to then, Riston said, a sales tax on road construction materials directly funded the department's projects. But lawmakers diverted those revenues to the general fund. Just looking at that, that sales tax, you can see how much more we could be doing. Riston estimated the revenues to be in the tens of millions of dollars. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. As the deadline to split the state agency looms, lawmakers discussed the possibility of overlap in West Virginia's newly reorganized DHHR. Emily Rice has more. The Office of Shared Administration will operate the newly separated West Virginia Department of Health and Human Resources starting January 1st. The DHHR was split into three departments, the Department of Human Services, the Department of Health, and the Department of Health Facilities. These three departments share six offices, Finance, Human Resources Management, Constituent Services, Communications, Operations, and Management Information Services. Lawmakers have questioned the incoming secretaries about the possibility of duplication of duties throughout the Office of Shared Administration and each of the three departments. Secretary Sherry Young presented a bird's-eye view of the organization during a meeting of the Legislative Oversight Committee on Health and Human Resources Accountability on Monday. She said she anticipated a question-and-answer session between lawmakers and the heads of each of the six offices and hoped it would quell lawmakers' fears about overlap. They're there to tell the story about what they do on a daily basis because it is truly immense, the the people that they serve and and the programs that that they cover. Delegate Amy Summers, a Republican from Taylor County, asked Young if this new system was more efficient than past models. So is it any different from what we currently do or is it exactly the same? It's very similar. And and so um, when you look at the reporting structure, there could be some... um, problems with having to go into the three departments. People have adjusted very well. Young said she looked forward to letting the heads of the six offices explain their vital roles to lawmakers on Friday. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 7.50. Becoming mostly sunny today. Highs in the 30s and 40s. Clear skies tonight. Lows in the teens and 20s. Sunshine on Thursday with highs in the 40s. And sunny Friday with highs in the 40s and 50s. Support for WVPB is provided by Good News Mountaineer Garage, a nonprofit organization. Accepting donated vehicles to help a West Virginian get on the path to economic independence. More at goodnewsmountaineergarage.com. They say there's a lot of fish in the sea, but there's also an awful lot of fish in the streams and rivers of Appalachia. 
A new book by fisheries research scientist and WVU professor Stuart Welsh showcases some of the lesser-known kinds of fish in central Appalachia. Bill Lynch spoke with Welsh about his book Horny Heads, Mad Toms, and Darters. Let's talk about horny heads, mad toms, and darters. Can I maybe describe what a horny head or a mad tom or a darter is? Yeah, so a horny head is a, is a name for a group of minnows. And these are minnows that the males develop these little pointed horns on their head during the spawning season. They develop these horns, they grow these horns, and they use them to spar they compete for females during the spawning season. In some ways, it's similar to a white-tailed deer with antlers in that, you know, a deer grows its antlers and then loses the antlers uh, after their breeding season. And it's same situation with these horny-head minnows. They, they grow these bumps on their head. They use them during the breeding season, and then, they, uh, and then they're lost afterwards, and then they regrow them the following year. Uh, and Mad Toms, what are they like? And mad toms are uh, it's a it's a name for a group of catfish. And most people, when you hear the word catfish, you think of big fish like uh, channel catfish, blue catfish, flathead catfish. But mad toms are a group of catfishes that do not get very large. Um, their maximum size, depending on the species, may range from three to six inches in length. Most people don't see them because it's not a fish that you would often catch on hook and line. But we have quite a few different species of mad toms in the Appalachians, and um, they're very interesting little fish and uh, certainly worth telling a story about. One thing I wanted to do with the book was to, you know, tell stories about these small fish so people can maybe understand them better and get to know them a little bit better. You're in ichthyologist is that correct is that, that's I, correct when where how did you first start taking interest in fish uh i think it was when i was uh, a young kid you know i really enjoyed fishing and so i spent a lot of time uh in creeks and you know not necessarily fishing all the time but flipping rocks and looking for crayfish and in aquatic salamanders and various critters and i think uh that uh focus uh, at an early age kind of uh sparked my interest and and i was able to keep it going into a career kicking over rocks and fishing is one thing but academic study of this what kind of path is that well it's a long tedious path i guess you would say but you know it requires a lot of uh graduate work. I got a, a BS degree, you know, at, at West Virginia University. And then I went on to get a master's degree at Frostburg State in fisheries management. And then uh, I came back to West Virginia University for a, for a PhD where I was focused on on fisheries work. How diverse are, I guess, is the fish population in central Appalachia? You know, we have a, a lot of different kinds of fish. And for example, in West Virginia alone, which is certainly the heart of Appalachia, central Appalachia, we have a list of species. It's uh, 195. So there's a lot of different kinds of, of fishes that we have. And, and, you know, people are real familiar with the common ones, especially ones that you catch on rod and reel. But the smaller ones, uh, a lot of people don't know about them very much. And so I think that's one of the uh, opportunities for a book like this is to provide information about those fish to to let people learn a little bit more about them. Talk about the book and putting it together. It's a collection of stories on on central Appalachian fishes. And, and there are stories on some familiar fish, um, you know, like the native brook trout, the smallmouth bass, the bluegill sunfish. But then there's also several stories on uh, fishes that are 
that people know less about, such as in the title, Horny Heads, Mad Toms, and Darters. And also, um, there's some fishes that are unusual that are discussed, like, uh, for example, uh, uh, the lampreys, which are a group of fishes that are pretty small, but they they have kind of an eel-like body. Then you've got a fish called the trout perch that I talk about, which is a really fascinating little fish of central Appalachia. How did you, I guess, narrow it down into which fish you wanted, to, I guess, to deal with? Yeah, that was a challenge because I find all the fishes that we have to be fascinating and interesting and worthy of a story. But um, I tried to just focus on some of the fishes that I thought would make the most interesting stories because what I wanted to do was to write stories that would be both educational but also interesting for a wide audience. And so I, I tried to select fishes that had an interesting story to be told. Often that was related to a certain type of behavior. It may be to a certain type of feeding strategy, a certain type of spawning strategy. It was typically some aspect of that fish that I thought was interesting that I emphasized in the story. What do you hope an average reader takes away from your book? What I would hope is that people would realize that uh, Central Appalachians have a diversity of fishes, that there's a lot to be learned. You know, often when you know more about something, you care about it more. And I, and my hope in the end is that the book will increase the conservation of fishes in the Central Appalachians by making people more aware of the diversity that we have. Uh, the book is called Horny Heads, Mad Toms, and Darters. Stuart Welsh, thank you very much. Thank you. I appreciate it. That was Professor Stuart Welsh speaking with Bill Lynch. Horny Heads, Mad Toms, and Darters from Ohio University Press is available in bookstores. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Brianna Heaney, Caroline McGregor, Chris Schultz, Curtis Tate, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, and Randy Yoey. Caroline McGregor is our assistant news director, and she produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.